This is Crystal Bunch, host of The Artist Speaks here on KZMU Moab. And today I virtually am chatting with Reed from the band Steakhouse. And we're going to chat first about their new album, Emma Rouge, and kind of where the band is, who makes up Steakhouse, and all of the things in between. Your new album was released in January 2023, and I have been heavily, for those out there that will listen to this, heavily playing Tantrum and Shoot the Lights Out on my personal radio show, um, as well as some of them have been, some other tracks have been sprinkled in with other DJs. But I first want to start out by saying thank you so much, Reed, for just sitting here and chatting with me and being open when I reached out excitedly and was like, hey, let's talk about this album. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. From the little blurb that I got from Bandcamp, what it says, and I have to read it because I really love it. And then we're going to talk about how you feel about genres and subgenres and where you feel like the music fits. But the quote or the description that I pulled from Bandcamp says, Steakhouse is a rock group from San Francisco, California. They play post-punk with the bits country, western thrown in at all the wrong times. They've headlined big clubs in San Francisco, but have yet to play a single rodeo. And I just, I mean, that sums it up. I can't say anything better than that. So I stole it and there we are. <laughs> yeah, that, that description sounds about right still after all these years of playing. Uh, I guess this we're influenced by lots of traditional American types of music, kind of blending the authenticity of that music with kind of this processed 80s post-punk European crop rock kind of sound yeah. where those two don't seem they would ever go together but i don't know somehow somehow we mix it together and shoehorn it in yeah no i think it's amazing and like when i read that i was like yeah because like when i got the album and was putting it into our library like our system strongly needs updated but i haven't quite figured out how to do that because it's like rock country folk and like so many artists cannot be placed into one genre anymore so i'm trying my best to like where do i put this amazing album where people are going to find it um and i ended up actually putting it in our alt like our alternative um punk album as well as our country album just to kind of make sure it was in both places um but yeah i think that that description's really really cool and it's i don't know who wrote it but they're a genius so i liked it but <laughs> back to steakhouse who is steakhouse who makes up steakhouse uh steakhouse has always been me and the singer and keyboardist mark and with a rotating cast of drummers and bass players san francisco <laughs> especially these days is a very transient kind of town people come and go for lots of different reasons and even with our own band sometimes we have personnel changes just because of us but it's yeah. basically just mark and i writing songs and then seeing who we can get to help us play i know i love that because you guys are in other bands too currently correct yeah mark uh well i think I don't know if he's playing with them anywhere. There's a really old San Francisco band called the Toiling Midgets. Mm -hmm. They go back to like the 70s, I think, even from a band called Negative Trend who played the last Sex Pistols show at Winterland. Oh. So it's really old. So he 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 knows a lot of really old punker people from around here. That's and cool. I came out of 
kind of like a hardcore scene. That's mostly what I played growing up. So I played bass in a band called Into Another that is Mm -hmm. I liked listening to growing up and I helped reform probably about 10 years ago now playing bass. Well, speaking of that, so that's been a while, you know, as you said, growing up, but when did you start playing instruments? When did you start playing music? Uh, started playing guitar when I was 12 or 13, I think, and then started playing in bands seven when I was 17, like starting to make up our own songs and record demos and records and go on tour. Hardcore is very grassroots, so you can just kind of start doing it. You, yeah. you need, there's no gatekeeping or permission to ask or <laughs> maybe there's a little bit but it's very diy and after that after i kind of left the small pond of that then you realize like the 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 big pond of the music world and you know you're nobody but, but you do the it stru- yeah the structure yeah. toiling and yeah toiling <laughs> and security has its advantages sometimes it's can do what you want because who's listening oh i wouldn't say that i think people are listening um but yeah like and it's it's good though to be able to find yourself while you're growing and you know i talked to so many like somebody i talked to literally earlier today she was like this is just my hobby like i don't know that anyone will ever really think i'm super cool but i like to play music and i have this album and all of a sudden it's being promoted um but i think it's it's very, very common, especially with artists that I talk to that everybody has a full-time job, you know, like whether it is per- promoting themselves or whether it's actually having a job and doing this on the side. So, I mean, you can't win them all and you got to start somewhere. So just jumping into it, yeah. I think it's super fun. The older I get, the makes more sense because then I can phone the projects how I see fit and mm-hmm. do what I want. There were times other bands when I was younger and we had labels and label support and tour and it was it was going more that kind of the professional route but at a low level so it was always very stressful too yeah. once I kind of went back to working a normal job and doing music as much as I can for fun it was it felt better for me yeah felt like fun again it wasn't I wasn't worrying and it wasn't didn't feel like work and well, even now I, mean, I, I read a lot about even the really big bands that have to cancel tours because the economics of touring right now like doesn't favor a lot of the artists Mm-mm. so some bands that you think would do quite well or just pan in the whole thing yeah so, yeah, yeah. and it's i especially for me like i do go to a lot of live shows i obviously love music just recently went to a reggae festival in California. It was at Long Beach and the tickets weren't cheap. It was three days, but it was like an amazing lineup of tons of people. And like the one of the most common things I heard people griping about, just like, you know, walking by or whatever was the cost of the tickets. And I was thinking, you have no idea what it costs to bring these guys here and to make it make sense for them. And the time away from friends and family and like all of that, like the wear and tear in your body, like sleeping in a tour bus, like it's not awesome, you know? So sometimes I wish more people understood that aspect of it. So yeah, I agree. But regardless, I'm glad that you're doing it as you're doing it now, because this album really is amazing. Um, another one of the tracks that just pops into my head is Travolta. So let's talk about the production of it. <laughs> yeah. I just really love the whole album. Like I, you know, it's not legal for me to just play the whole album, but I would literally just play it all on my show if I legally could. <laughs> but um, what was the production like for um, this album and maybe the insights background on some of these tracks? Um, the production style was slow and inefficient because <laughs> of 
our own doing and because of world events. I think we, we tracked drums in 2019 okay. before, and then we kind of sl slowly started tracking basic tracks over that. And then once the pandemic happened, it stopped like completely for many months. And then we're trying yeah. to figure out how to do things while, the, while being glued to the TV, watching society collapse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 20 was, was a wild ride, right? So then, <laughs> it sucked. We, yeah, we kind of got it together. We doing overdubs in our practice room. They had a big sign out front. It's, it's a rehearsal space here in San Francisco where, where there's a lot of bands, like a lockout space. And this had a big thing above the door saying, enter at your own risk, you know, like during the height <laughs> of COVID or the depths of COVID. Uh, so we waited a while and finally I felt okay enough to go in there by myself. Mm -hmm. when no, and nobody was there. That place is usually super loud and all these bands playing. It was quiet and it was weird. It was eerie. But it made it made good for recording so um we would piece it together and we had a, a couple of our friends our friend ron played trumpet on travolta he played trumpet on federale travolta and national and he played on one song on the our first record and then we had to do that remotely and then we had pedal steel done remotely so it was, it was hard trying to direct uh, our friend tim to do the pedal steel the, the way we wanted it without being in the room and kind of made the communication hard but yeah, he did a good job. We, we got it right. That's so cool. You know, and I mean, to me, I'm flabbergasted that this is a project that started in 2019 and wasn't released yeah. until 2023. Like, it was really hard. And like you said, like watching that and watching the collapse and you're just like, what is happening? And I'm, you know, in this role and I'm like barely getting any new music because people were either not able to record and release or they were waiting to release so that they could tour. And so mm -hmm. it was, it was really, it was a really weird situation, I think, for everyone involved. And, you know, sometimes I think though, too, like, we're never going to forget that time. We're never going to forget the albums that came out of that or the, the tricks and techniques that, I mean, that's why we have Zoom, you know, I never used Zoom before. So I, I like to try to think of the positive things from it but man that was so crazy so because that took so long to record and produce are you working on new stuff now or are you just like taking a break and just living life um we did take a break for a while but we have started talking about new song ideas we got we have like a wish list of types of songs we want to do that haven't been even attempted just like the high level idea when I mean, we have some songs that we didn't fully finish this last round so there's there's stuff on the junk pile there's songs that are almost there and then new songs are going to attempt we're starting to feel pretty good about getting back into it i, I was not interested in doing any music for a while there <laughs> yeah well i mean i yeah i wasn't interested in doing a whole lot of anything but staying at home with my cats which i think now they have separation anxiety but you know <laughs> it made me happy so um all right well what are some of your favorite tracks from the album those three that you mentioned I liked all those. They, they all kind of, the, the core idea of all of them just kind of happened very quickly where I would, I played all three of those was just picking up a guitar and just playing the main or a main part of the song mm -hmm. without even thinking about it. And I was like, Oh, that was cool. That's easy. Record the phone. Memo. Yeah. I didn't think about it too much and it just came about very easily. Shoot the lights out too, because that one started yeah. a long time ago recording yeah. uh the first record. I was standing around waiting to track drums and then it just played that like the verse chord progression. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. I mean, I put it away for a long time. So I have lots <laughs> of 
demos of that in different stages, like phone memo to like a 30 second garage band version with like one guitar and one drum and then more music and more sections and then vocals and we redo it like <laughs> when we have the uh, 50th anniversary box set you know with like i like it all going into the vaults i'll have i'll have the all the stages of that song <laughs> yeah yeah primitive it was when it started no that's really 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 cool i really like that um all right well before we get into like my fun questions not that all these are not fun because i really love talking about albums and the music and production but you you're everything that they need to know they can find out at steakhouseband.com what are the socials do you have instagram facebook all of that for them yeah we have a facebook page it's I think it might be Steakhouse Rock, but it should be linked to the website as well. Perfect. I do have an Instagram. I, I got the handle, and um, but I actually haven't added anything to it yet. Perfect. But well, you know it's all right. You don't have to because I've been on the website and it's amazing. Where is that picture from? The desert. Oh, I don't know. I think Mark found that somewhere. It's really rad. Have- it seems like, like it'd be in Utah. Right? I know that's why I was asking because the formations look really familiar, but I'm just like, where is that? Like, I couldn't think of it in my head. But all right, so if you could play one venue, dream venue, what would it be? Ooh, one dream venue. Let me think about that. Um, let's see, probably maybe the Hollywood Bowl. I, I like, like the that style of it, and it's when I've been there. It's always sounded really good. It's got a lot of history. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, I've been doing this a long time. So I feel like I've got to play some storied venues at different times as yeah. an opener. You know, get to mm-hmm. you know the right. It's not our show. We're just playing it. But, <laughs> but still, you get- the, yeah, like around here or growing up in Southern California, I've played a lot of the venues in, in LA and in, in Orange County and places like that. And from tour. Like uh, I don't know. Played like the old old CBGB's venue in New York, and oh, that's right. Film here in San Francisco and the Palladium in LA. So some cool spots like that. But there's always just the cup of coffee. Like if we're talking baseball terms, you know, like yeah, you're up here, gone. So, <laughs> but the bowl is like on another level to me above those places even. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm really glad you said something other than Red Rocks, though, because the last three or four artists I've interviewed all said Red Rocks. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so I like I like the different answer. Um, if you could pick someone, an artist to collaborate, whether dead or alive, who would that dream collaboration be with? Ooh, I mean, it depends on the band, I guess. Well, maybe if if he was to produce a record, I would want a Brian Eno to produce a steakhouse record or a song. Awesome. And him and Daniel Van Walk can come in to the studio and be weird, as weird as they want. Make us wear buckets on our head and spin around and then try and play the song. Hey, you know what? Any of that sounds great. And I would love to see the addition of that description with what you already have on Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like playing wise, uh, if Scott, uh, Mark and I both really like Scott Walker, like the vocals yeah. of his old '60s stuff, and then the weird, you know, '90s and 2000s, you know, dissonant, highbrow, art, artistic, you know, boundary pushing and stuff. Yeah, boundary Not pushing. Not we're anywhere near that, but I would want him to like do the same thing and just add some scary vocals and just get weird. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So the key word is making it weird and amazing which yeah. you, i mean your stuff isn't weird now but it is 
It's amazing. Um, all right. What is your, we talked about dream collaborations with artists, but if you, when somebody asks you maybe who you're most influenced by or who your favorite artist is, who's your go-to artist for that? For the band? Or you think in, in general? Um, let's do the band. And then I'd also like to know yours. If that's cool. okay. Uh, the band, what do we, what do we go to often? Well, we off, we, there's a band called Rank and File. They used to be, it was two brothers. They used to just, be a punk rock band in the 70s called the dills they're actually in the movie up in smoke cheese and chong movie oh, at the end. i know that movie so they're one of those bands that plays the show at the end anyway they're like a, a first you know first wave 70s punk band and then they decided to move to austin and, and kind of did like a country punk thing okay and it, they've done a lot of stuff after they've always just kind of done whatever music they've wanted to regardless of su- success they've had or could have had yeah so Rank and file comes up a lot for us. And then same thing, Wall of Voodoo comes up a lot for our band. Awesome. Who probably, you know, they had some actual hits, you know, <laughs> short-lived band. Some of that, it's kind of American and Western-y and weird. And, you know, and part of it is is also weird in a post-punk, uh, you know, mechanical kind of machine-like way. Yeah, I like that. Mechanical, machine-like, it's super rad. I had talked to... Um... Paul Rossler, Rosler. He played in a bunch of the punk bands in the 70s in California. He was telling me, I, I think he mentioned the the Dills. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that we he had told me, you need to check that out. I completely yeah. but I is need to check that out now. Is, is he related to Kira Rossler of Black Flag? I don't it, think so. He he played in I want to say screaming trees. I'm going to Google it and then I'm going to cut that out if I'm wrong. But um, gosh, it's been so long since I've talked to him. He's a solo artist now, but he um, kind of was one of the people that started the punk scene in L.A. back in the 70s. Um, No, the Screamers, Twisted Roots, the Screamers. Um, yeah, and other stuff, but it was not Screaming Tree. It was the Screamers I was thinking of. Close. Still close, though. Huh? You're close. Yeah, I was close. It was, you know, had Scream in it. Yeah, it could have been Screaming Trees, the Screamers, Scream, Primal Scream. You know, whatever. Uh, I I did But, okay, awesome. One last fun question. What is your Guilty Pleasure album? Oh, man. I grew I mean, I'm an 80s kid, and, like, you know, MTV when they actually just had videos going all day because the best there was no content so I just sit there you know so I was there for, for all the hair metal being cool and stuff like how ridiculous it is now but to me all that type of stuff is the guitar playing is is I mean it's a matter of taste right but right usually those guitar players were, were technically pretty good um I, I used the to like- and, the, and the dumbness like the the cheese factor is high and if I like cheesy stuff I like it to be fun yeah. not like not so sh- like meaningful and schmaltzy although I, I can take a power ballad now and then because they had to do those too yeah so it'd probably be some kind of hair metal band like motley Crue or rat or something what do you, what about know. um like if we were going to talk about the videos do you remember when warrant had the cherry pie video and it was like oh yeah all over the place yeah they, they were yeah that was like an iconic video yeah that but one during time for, for videos you yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier too here is like the things that would like fly and be culturally appropriate like 30 years ago that are definitely not now but um but yeah that was a great time for for all of that and like I used to I mean I was a teenager 
in the like late or mid nineties. And so I would literally sit and watch MTV and wait for November rain of Guns N' Roses all day long. Like I loved that when it came out, the video was amazing, you know? So yeah. Yeah, That was like the height of excess, you know, the filming, the song itself and the the video production, it was maximal. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to MTV, but MTV, if you're listening to this, can you bring back the music videos? (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, Reed. Thank you so much for joining me. I am absolutely honored to have you here and chatting about the album. I look forward to following along and seeing what comes next. And again, yeah, just taking the time and out of your schedule and, and sitting and chatting is super important. And I really appreciate it. That was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Crystal.